We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, quick programming note. If you're listening to this, you're hearing part two of our Saturday morning green room live stream. If you're seeing this and haven't listened to part one, refresh the Knicks Film School podcast feed and you'll see part one is available. You can go back to listen to that first. Or if you want to listen to them out of order like Memento, you can do that as well. Without further ado, here is part two of our Saturday morning Spotify green room live stream. Andrew, what do we got next? I am here. Hold on one second. Uh, a staple, as always, Mr. James Stanzoni. Welcome to the chat. Hello, Mr. Stanzoni. James going once. James going twice. Uh, James, hit us up if you fix your speaker issues. Shocker that there would be speaker Shocking. issues. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, let's try again with uh, Mensa. Welcome Welcome. to the stage, sir. Hi, Mensa. Yeah. Hey guys, how we doing? Doing good. All right. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of things, I guess, to to talk about this, this particular week in Nick's dumb. Um, most of them are, you know, um, hypothetical. Um, I guess I do just quickly want to like take 20 seconds to touch on the Dame Lillard topic, which is really, um, I don't know how much I like having, a point guard from ages 31 to 35 playing for Tom Thibodeau after he's logged the most minutes in the NBA at the point guard position and has played 36 minutes per game, about 70 plus games a year past decade. I don't know about the long-term viability of that, especially when we're talking about trading, not just RJ, but RJ in everything. I do think that Knicks fans are kind of being, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Strong. I think there's a straw man argument on, and I guess, people who don't want to give up R.J. Barrett. If, if the trade was R.J. Barrett 19 and 21 for Dame Lillard, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. It's just the the opportunity cost of getting rid of so much and then not having very much to build across. Uh, it's not really the same situation, but look at what Dallas did for Luka Doncic. They traded assets to get him, then they traded more assets for Kristaps Porzingis, and now they're stuck because if one of those two players doesn't pan out, like we don't know if Julius Randle is going to stay healthy. We don't know if Julius Randle is going to, be, is going to turn into a pumpkin. There are so many things that are just not as concrete. And then finally, every time you've seen a large trade happen in the NBA over the past three seasons for a big for a big name player, there was already a, a bona fide star player in, 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 in tow. Even if it was the big one in Los Angeles, they didn't just do that for Kawhi. They did that for Kawhi and Paul George. Or yeah. if you look at... um. 
with um the James Harden trade, they already had Kyrie and Kevin Durant in place. I wouldn't call Julius Randle in the same, I guess, breath as those guys just as yet. If he puts together another season, then yeah, okay, maybe we can go to war with those two guys, but it's just it just doesn't make sense. But um I mean past that, I would really just say that I think what's more compelling as far as assets goes, is maybe Julius Randle might be at the apex of his value as opposed to a guy like R.J. Barrett or Emmanuel Quickly or whatever. And we may be able to move a guy like Julius, maybe take a step back depending on what the what the cap space looks like and if we can add around. It may make more sense. If we're talking about trading one of R.J. or Julius, it may make more sense to trade Julius just because he's at the apex of his value as far as the contract goes. He's not in the Supermax yet. And it may we may be able to get more back in a trade if we're looking to move a guy for um, for a guy like Dame. So maybe if you're thinking about Dame and RJ as opposed to um, Dame and Julius, it may make more sense because you have more at least cap space to to move a guy. So I, I think the conversation kind of went a little um, wrong because everybody wants obviously let's trade the young guy because we're always talking about trading the young guy trading the young guy trading the young guy but for the from on the Knicks perspective I would say that it's all about asset management and figuring out what can you get more for and exploring all avenues and not just pigeonholing yourself into thinking about trading one guy yeah no I mean listen uh, asset management is the name of the game it's my it's my favorite thing to think about in terms of the sport um so shameless plug uh I'm going to be on uh, an episode of the the putback this week with with Ian Bagley and we we recorded it yesterday. We actually talked about this very topic, the, the notion of trading Julius Randall. Um, not that any any of us are, were were advocating for it, um, but just purely from a theoretical perspective, um, you know, would it make sense? And he made you know a great point, which I've alluded to, you know, on the on the podcast I know a couple times, which is that you know ha- there's a there's something to the fact that the organization rebounded this year um, in large part because of his efforts and because, and you know, if you look at like all the media he did and all of the the interviews and the podcasts and like whatever else, he was front and center trumpeting the organization as, as like a place where, like it's family and like the whole thing, like this was really a big deal. Um, and so I, the only way that I could see it making sense to trade him. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even sure that I would even agree with this would be if it was a situation that he wanted to go to, um, like he was really gung ho about it. But even then it's like, okay, you just had the first good season you've had, in whatever it's been eight years um and you're gonna trade away the guy that that brought you there the return on that trade would need to be and i I don't think like if portland if portland's trading dame they're not going to trade dame for julius randall i just don't think that makes sense even if it's julius randall on like draft picks or whatever else like a team that's trading for for julius randall is a team that wants to win right now and like the only the only team that i could see that has the asset package that would remotely make sense would be the Warriors because they have the seventh pick. They have the 14th pick. They have James Wiseman. I don't like James Wiseman. I, I, I know I made up a fake Julius Randle, James Wiseman trade last year. Uh, James Wiseman like got worse after that. And like, I'm not sure I believe in him as a long-term asset. So like even that trade, 
um, I would be leery of. Um, and you're getting, you know, two, two lottery picks. Like I just, the, the return would need to be like such a, sh- like you'd need to be getting back a young player that was like a guarantee, like this guy is going to be like a part of your core for the next 12 years. And like, he's going to be Alexander. <laughs> yeah, but okay, so fine. So what if you're if you're Oklahoma City, why in the world would you trade Shaquille Alexander? Like, trust me, if there was a world where they could get SGA and give up Julius, I you know I think the Knicks so would do that in a heartbeat. I spent, but I, I spent a little yeah. bit of time in the in the in the comment section just like breaking down like this wild trade that um, Jeremy Collin level trade that I was thinking about. Um, okay, it really wouldn't be if you're moving. The only player that I could see the Knicks moving Julius Randle for right now is Shea Gildas Alexander. And it, it would have to be, you would have to be involving so many different teams to get it done. And everybody would have to be fed. So it wouldn't, just to speak on Oklahoma City, they, the value of getting rid of SGA, they would need two things. They need to be one, resetting the rookie value contract and two, getting up into that top three. Um, so, but in order to do that, the only team that's willing to trade, um, from, from rumors would be, um, you have, you have Toronto and then at four, and then you have Cleveland at three. So if you can get Cleveland to come down to pick six, which is where Oklahoma City's picking, and you're moving Julius to Golden State for their picks, and then, and then you kind of get New Orleans involved at pick 10 because they want to, it, it's a whole thing, but essentially no, Oklahoma I, I City will be doing it. I see what you're doing. Yeah. So Oklahoma City is basically, this is their way to move up into the top four of this draft. Right, they would be moving in the top three with Cleveland, and then Cleveland would be moving back. And honestly, you might still be able to get Golden State involved in this transaction if you, if somehow seven goes to Oklahoma City, and then Oklahoma City packages six and seven to move either to, uh, I guess it would be three to Cleveland or four to, or, or theoretically four to Toronto. I mean, like. I wonder what you could do with six. But, yeah, no, there's there's some different machinations. I'll, I'll give you that. So really quickly, um, the, the trade that I had posted in the in the comment section was Julius Randle to Golden State, and then you have picks 6, 10, and 21 going to Cleveland. Oklahoma City gets picks 3 and 7. Picks 19 and Colin Sexton go to New Orleans, and we get Shea Gilgis and Eric Bledsoe, which, is kind, of, which is kind of a – a wild kind of like rough draft of a trade of a thing. But I do think that everybody kind of gets fed where they want to be fed because you're getting a win now player. And I use that word very loosely in new Orleans for pick 10, pick 10. So the, for Cleveland, it's from go, they go from pick three to six and 10, and then they're getting in 21, which is a lot of value, especially for a team that has a bunch of guards at three, you're pretty much looking at a guard and you don't want to take Evan Mobley because you have, um, you already have Jared Allen in place, so there there is value for them to move back. Oklahoma City gets pick three and seven, so they're moving down one and moving up, um, what, three. So it's just – I think everybody kind of gets what they want there. Golden State has no use for picks um, for any of their picks, and we can probably get 14 out of them. And then we, we – for the price of taking Eric Bledsoe on, Oklahoma – no, I'm sorry. New Orleans moves down nine picks – and they swap a point guard out. So I do think that there's value because they're, they don't have to pay everybody right now. They can either keep Colin Sexton for a year and lose him in free agency, but they're, they're getting salary cap on um, flexibility as far as the luxury tax because we know the world is very cheap. And they get it. And they get it again. They're getting Colin Sexton and they still get to pick in this draft. So I do think everybody kind of gets what they need. Pretty sure somebody would say no along the line, but well, if, that, th- if there was a trade, then I think this would be it. 
here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to do this. Can you do me a favor and DM me on, on Twitter this exact trade? And I'm going to I'm going to sit and I'm going to dwell on this for a little bit um, because I think I think this one. It, I mean, again, these tra- these kind of trades like never actually happen. Although, although there was a four team trade, uh, right? There was a four team trade in the NBA recently within the last like two years. So I know, like, in, in, yeah, I was going to say I know in 2017 they were going to um, Cleveland had worked out this seven team trade and they were going to move I think Kyrie somewhere for Paul George. So oh, these that things kind of yeah. happen beyond beyond the uh, behind the scenes. But yeah, it, yeah you're very right. There, it's very few and far between. Well, it's that four. I know the record is a four-team trade. There's never been there's never been a five-team trade. So, but um, and I think I think the record for players involved is maybe twenty um, or upwards of the twenty. Dwight, the uh, Dwight Howard case, trade to the Lakers had that's like the four one. teams involved in twenty players. Yeah, and the Brooklyn yeah. trade for Harden that just happened was four-team also. Okay. Um, yeah, but Mensa, do me a favor. DM me that. I'm gonna I'm gonna sink my teeth into this a little bit more. For sure. I, uh, and I appreciate, as always, the uh, effort and the creativity, man. It's it's, it's good stuff. Um, all right, Andrew, we're we're at twelve thirty, but I know we have some more speaker requests. So you want to do some like rapid fire here? Let's do it, uh, Mensa. Also, thank you for your contribution today. You, yeah, thank have, you guys. I'm, I think of I course. know where this went. I think you just gave John a, a, a newsletter idea. So congratulations. <laughs> I, I, I think you may have as well. There you go. Um, next up, so we've got four left. We'll get through all four, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, okay. Nico, how you doing? Welcome to the stage. What's up, Nico? Oh, come Nico. on, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> what, is it not working again? No, I mean, the speaker request works. So James said in the chat that he couldn't accept. Um, um, okay. Yeah, so I'm well, going to... Nico, can you hear us? No, I don't hear anything. Nah, okay. So I'll I'll bump them from now. We'll play, We'll get the other three people up here, and then we'll go back to James and Nico at the end. Uh, Jesse, let's see if we can get you up there successfully. Jesse, welcome to the stage. What's up, Jesse? Uh, maybe we don't have four left. Um, <laughs> Jesse, can you hear us? Unmute your mic. <laughs> Rich Rutro. <row. laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> We're just gonna have a town hall at the end of everybody coming up. I'm just gonna invite everybody to the stage. Um, okay, Kasim, welcome to the stage. Hey Kossum. guys, there he is. Okay. Hey, uh, sorry, I wasn't there in the early part. Uh, long okay. night last night. All right, I'll be quick. I know you guys have gone way over. Uh, hey, John, Andrew. Thanks for the content, all the good stuff. Um, just wanted to, it's been a couple of weeks, but I wanted to stress that the campaign campaign still going strong. Uh, I, I got a newsletter in the works on, on excellent, campaign. Excellent. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, we have, we see good numbers in Iowa. Field offices are up. Everything is looking good. <laughs> uh, he's also got a great, he's also got a great opponent. I wanted to uh, plug uh, Reggie for PG is also going strong. I would say. Yes, I'm, I, I'm a fan of that as well. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you are because you should be. Uh, uh, especially since I think uh, with with the cash-strapped Clippers uh, and, you know, using whatever uh, 
minimum bird rights they have. I think they can't offer more than 10. More than 10, yeah. And I'm, I was, oh my God, uh, I was, full disclosure, I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. Um, I was going through, I, I typically, that's when, that's the moment where I, when I need a few minutes to run through all 30 teams in my head or, or 28 teams, I guess, in this case, in my head of like, who would do this thing that I think mm-hmm, about those things mm-hmm. in the shower. Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot to talk about, but I'm at the wrong time to talk about too many things. I'll just say that in the CP pod, which was great. Um, one of the things I really resonated with, it's brought up a couple times already is, uh, it's hard to know what this off season is. Um, you know, in terms of its, uh, its import, its importance, um, it's obviously a huge one. How huge is it? Because we don't know what massive star we're going to swing for or not. We don't know how much we're going to run it back or not, et cetera, et cetera. I'll say this, though. Um, it, it feels like what I'm really most afraid of is the expectations game, uh, and it's less to do with the team or the management or the players. It's more to do with us idiots. Um <laughs> uh, getting getting too crazy because we, uh, you know, partially lucked into a four seed. Um, because it, it's just it's uh, that's what I'm afraid of. Uh, because we're uh, that's more than likely, you know, uh, not going to happen. If you look at the fact that a lot of the teams that made it as far as they did and are still sticking around. Um, uh, Clippers are a total asterisk here, by the way. But they have their 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 top five guys and their top five bench guys are made up of players that they you know, mostly either groomed or you know uh, grafted and groomed themselves, or took off someone else's trash heap and revitalized themselves, or they plus one or two guys that they that are were established assets that they traded for. Um, it's it's usually a combination of these three things uh, nowadays. It's not a completely homegrown team. It's not a completely yeah. Uh, you you got to use all the assets that you guy team. It's usually a mix of these three things. I don't think in one off season we can get all of that together. Um, I think we need a few more bites at the apple for that uh, cliche. Um, especially because, uh, to your point in earlier conversation, you were talking about, um, uh, in draft picks and, and, and needing to get a, a few guys on your roster who are cost controlled that you, uh, that you found, um, in the draft. I don't think we have enough of those even yet. Um, so yeah, I- I'm looking forward to what we do next year. I just, I just have, I feel like I've got realistic sights and I'm hoping other people do too. Um, I, I think yeah. as long as, listen, as long as the people in the front office, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this and I don't know if this is going to quash any, any fears. Like I, I have full confidence that the front office has a plan. And they are, and that nothing that happened this season is going to make them divert from that plan. It's just based on every, from what little I know about like 
how they've gone about like running the organization. Um, like it's like, yes, their ex their internal expectations for last season may have changed um, during the season, but I, I don't think that changed their like timeline or anything. You know, that's not to say that if they thought if they thought there was a legitimate way to build a contender or something this offseason, I think they would go for it. But if they make the assessment that like we can't, I don't think that these they, this front office is in the business of fooling themselves into thinking something that isn't true. Um, is the way that I'll say it. Well put. Um, one last thing, and then uh, you can uh, bring up other guys. Um, Bleacher Report had one of these, you know, content for content sake, fake trades that actually made somewhat realistic sense. I don't want to know what you guys thought about it. Um, with the Rockets, uh, Avery Bradley and Daniel House um, for Kevin Knox and uh, our are 32, I believe. Anyway, um, let me know what your thoughts are. Wait, Avery Bradley and Daniel House for Kevin Knox and 32? Yeah, and I believe Avery Bradley's got a team option. Um, I would not do that because I don't think that much of Daniel House. Um, no? I think he's an, you know, I think he's okay. And Avery Bradley, I'm not sure what Avery Bradley is. I mean, I, I, he's fine, but, like, I don't want to trade the 32nd pick. And quite frankly, I'm not sure I would want to trade Kevin, like, like Kevin Knox and give up on him. I mean, I know it's easy. It's tempting to give up on him at this point, but, you know, if not for that. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. All right. So I would say no. Andrew? I'm just baffled by how – far the stock has fallen for Kevin Knox that oh god yeah like I thought about it like to cost this point like I was like oh you know what it, it's something for Kevin Knox at this point and yeah it has to be know? I'm sorry but Frank and Kevin they need to go uh pursue their NBA careers if they're gonna have any somewhere else well I, gonna have I don't here. disagree I, I did the only thing I'll say about Kevin Knox is I've thought for a while now this was essentially a do-over of his rookie year. I think they basically went back to the they went back to the drawing board with him, and I just I, I you know I'm curious to see what he might look like next year should he be here, and if they, and, it, and if it's a matter of of getting rid of him because you need the salary to sign someone clearly better, or you know you're 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 using him as a nominal asset like to get a real thing. Um, you know, I would honestly, I'd be okay if they, if they packaged him with like 19 to move up, whatever, five spots or something like I'd even be okay with that. I wouldn't do this trade though. Okay. But we shall see. Thank you. Kasim, right. As always. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you. Kasim. Damn. I, I just got really sad because I will be remember Kevin Knox's rookie season and how, you know, we wonder what his his ceiling was, and I, I mean, look, you touched on it already. I think it was last week or the week after, but that that article about Fisdale, like the poster child for poor development, is and how bad that situation was, is what's yep. happened to Kevin Knox and where yep. his career went. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Okay, gonna try and get Nico up here again. Nico, welcome to the stage. Yeah, I'm uh, coming loud and clear here. Yeah, you are. What's All up, Nico? Right. There we go. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, John. Uh, thanks for having me up here. Um, you, I'll be quick because I know we have lots of people to get to and uh, lives to get to on this lovely Saturday. You talked, uh, I think, on a recent pod. Um, maybe it was like uh, one of the Locked On Knicks things or one of yours, but you talked about. Um, maybe not going for the simple guys that can just be three and D wings or three and D guards and just help. Um, and because the Knicks need advantage creation and need it really badly. Um, I wanted to kind of give a counter to that as in like, if we think about where Reggie Bullock's market, even if we're estimating conservatively, it's probably going to be three three years 12 million three years 15 three years 18 somewhere in and around there um barks is probably gonna be around the same um but there are there are a lot of wings this year that that could 
step in and play those guys' role. I mean, not yeah. not to be too negative against our, our guy Reggie, but Corey Kispert right now could step in and play Reggie Bullock's role on offense better than Reggie could. Yeah, um, pro, so, pro, I'll, I'll, yeah probably. You got to see it, right? Yeah, of, obviously. Know. And I'm and I'm underselling Reggie a little, but but basically, if, if we just wanted to grab the guy that that can actually almost for sure contribute the Jared Butlers of the world, the Kisperts of the world. Um, how favorably or unfavorably um, do you look at that? And John, in your mind, who's a guy that we could draft that you could see starting by game 62 or game 82? Uh, um who could start by game 62 or game 82? I know it's, um, it's, it's uncommon. Yeah, I, I I don't know that there is that player um, in this. I mean, uh, aside from like if, like as an injury replacement, right? Um, you know, like quickly started a game this year, but, you know, a bunch of guys were hurt. Um, I guess I would say Kispert's probably the most likely. Um of the guys who were in real like realistic targets, so I, I I said Duarte a, a little while ago. Um, I could see that because he's you know he's older, he's twenty four, he's got a ready made game. Um, that's really it. As far as like the notion of like getting getting a safer player, I'm fine with that as long as it's a safe player who you know again it, it's. Where you know it's recency bias because we're in the middle of the playoffs, but like get a guy who you feel confident could like contribute twenty minutes on a playoff team right now, um, and could like do all the things that you that you need them to do, and like you know it's it's harder to st- it's harder than ever to stay on the floor in these playoff games. Like you need to have a really fully well developed skill set, um, and that's hard to get when you're picking at this point in the draft, which is why, like, I know I, I came down hard on Sharif Cooper in my, in my assessment of him, but like to, to one of the callers we had earlier in the show, um, like there's at least merit to taking a guy with that ceiling and like taking, you know, shooting your shot. Um, I, which is what, I would, I would, I think I'd, I'd rather them do than, than the safer play. I think, I think I'm still, but at the same time, it, you know, there's such a thing as taking a guy who's a safe pick and also has upside. So yeah, like it, yeah, sorry, you know, it, it's a con like, you know, Moses Moody's like the obvious guy, like three and D wing. Does he have some shot creation upside? Maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, but it, it's complicated. You got, you know, each prospect is unique. That's why it's like ha- talking in generalizations is is, is tough. Um, without you know, each guy deserves their own conversation. I think. Yeah, for sure. So uh, before before I get out, real quick, then for to simplify it to specific guys, would you take a win now draft of Jared Butler and Corey Kispert with the first two picks, or a developmental draft of? Sharif Cooper, Trey Mann, and Zaire Williams with the two picks. Oh, if you gave me the choice right now, it was Butler and who? Kispert? Butler and Kispert. Yeah. Man. I like both of those guys. Woof. 
this is what I mean. They could, they, they'll contribute in, in a playoff, maybe not for sure in a playoff series, but they'll they'll give you real contributions for like two to four million a year. When like you're looking to bring Reggie or Burks back at a number larger than that, you know what? Um, I can't, I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> I, I, I actually almost think I, I think I'd prefer. I, it, it would, I'd be, I'd be, I wouldn't hate either at all. Um, I think I would almost rather scenario B, um, to shoot your shot. You know, if one of those two guys hits, um, but then again, you know, talk to Celtics fans who, uh, watch their team draft, uh, what was it? Fab Mello and Jared Sullinger. Like, I don't know if those guys were necessarily upside guys. I just know they both suck, um, at that point in the draft, like, uh, there's arguments for both, man. There's arguments for both. I would personally probably want them to take the upside, guys. Uh, listen, it, it's close for me, too. I just wanted to bring yeah, it up. I, Thank you. Yeah. Sorry I have so little conviction on that one, but that's no, just, I'm just that's, being honest. <laughs> no, it's, uh, these, these are the tough questions about how you use the draft to build an actually good team instead of just swinging for Kevin Knox every year. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but good, good stuff and definitely thought-provoking, Nico. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Nico. Yeah. All right. So just live producing on air. Do you have, like, 12 minutes in you left, or do you have to run? I have I have 12 minutes in me, yes. Okay. We're going to get James up here to see if we can get him on, and then we'll wrap up with Michael Aaron. Um, James, how you doing? How you guys doing today? There you I go. hear you, James. What's going finally, on? Finally, finally. Yes. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about, you know, the whole expectation uh, thing as well. Um, I just feel like I remember when uh, in the newsletter one time you, you wrote all the teams that really exceeded expectations. Yes. And and did, did any of those teams continue to, like, develop the next season after? Or did were they all just, like, one-season things? Um, there were a couple ones that were, uh, like – went down the following season, but then like went back up like Charlotte. It was weird. Charlotte did Charlotte and Portland both did this where they had a a surprise season. Then the following season was like a relative disappointment. And then the season after that was another like big bump. Um, Of course, those guys, those teams had, you know, Kemba Walker and and Dame Lillard respectively. Um, The only team that was like clearly, followed up their success with more success on the same level was Tibbs with the Bulls in 2010-11 and then 2011-12. But that was the year, obviously, Derrick Rose tore his ACL in the playoffs, and it's remembered as a disappointment, even though they went 50 and and 16 that that year. But, like, the large large sample size basically says these one-year surprise teams have a lot of trouble um, following up on it. But but aren't they also a little different than the Knicks, right? Because did most of them have cap space, and and, um, and they weren't in New York, also. So, yeah, no. So I mean, some of them had like the the most recent example, or the best the best comp probably is that Suns team um, that won forty eight games and just missed the playoffs in the West. Yes, um, they pretty much ran it back the next year and like had a. They won less games, but they and they like missed the playoffs a game, but they weren't terrible. Like they were, they were okay, I think. Um, 
and then things fell apart because they started making all kinds of crazy trades. Um, well, well, they well, they also didn't have an all star on their team, correct? Um, well, that team, I get, I get my son's point guards confused. That was Dragic and Bledsoe, and then eventually they traded for or they signed Isaiah Thomas. And then they traded away Thomas and Dragic, and they brought in Brandon Knight, I think. So, like, but no, they did not have, like, a clear-cut all Yeah, yeah. So, my point is just, like, the Knicks are in, like, the most, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's never really happened, the season that we had this year. And it's just going to be very telling what, what the front office does this year. Do they do they go all in knowing that, you know, there's still the Brooklyns and, and Lakers and there's all these, there's all these teams that we, like – but then you can look at Atlanta and say – you know, they weren't expected to do this good either via in the final four. So, I mean, like, my point is, like, it's going to be very, very – you think we could tell by the draft what direction they're going to be going into? Like, are oh, they yeah, going to go sure. all in or are they just going to try to run it back? No, I, I mean, look, they're not going to run it back. Like, the, the, the notion that they're just – like, the simplest, the simplest thing is, like, you know, they sign Kyle Lowry and then everything else stays the same. And that's your team. Maybe with like, you know, obviously another rookie or two and, you know, give or take an Alec Burks. Um, I personally am expecting slightly higher level of changes than that myself. Um, that's just, I have absolutely zero justification for that other than the feeling in my gut. Um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely learn. On, and don't forget, draft night is when is traditionally when trades happen, not just involving draft picks, but trades involving like veteran players. So yeah, I think 100 percent we're going to get a much better idea of what their plan is by draft night. Yeah, which is I only like really three have. weeks away. <laughs> yep, I can't wait. That's all I really yeah. have, and as well, I just wanted to mention, I I think RJ has a very a big uh, role in, in what's going to happen for the future. Obviously, I mean it's pretty obvious, but like year three, you know, he he might take that really the next step and. Probably can average twenty points a game, but who knows? We'll see. I am. I think RJ will average twenty points a game next year, hundred percent. Yep, sounds good. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Enjoy the holiday weekend, James. Thank you too. Thank you, James. Last but not least, see if we can wrap up with one, Mister Michael Aaron. Welcome to the stage, sir. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yes. What's up, Mike? Oh, How you doing, man. bud? Been good, John. Nice to finally talk to you, man. It's it's been a long time coming. How are you, man? <laughs> good, good guys. Um, I missed the first like twenty five minutes, so I I may be repeating something here. I don't know. That's but, all good. Uh, with with the Pacers, so so the Sixers just rejected the allegedly, uh, Brogdon, allegedly, 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 allegedly Brogdon in a first for Simmons. So with them trying to get Simmons, and then with them hiring Carlisle, I'm assuming they're not blowing anything up. It seems no. like they want to keep competing. Yeah. But with the fact that they offered Brogdon in a trade, that could allegedly that could create some tension. I don't know. John, I know that you had talked about Brogdon multiple times saying, you know, it, it, you don't want to give up the farm for him, like he's a good player, but you know, yeah, I, I'm like I think he's kind of underrated. I think he's a pretty good player. And I'm curious to know you know, if 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 he's made available or if he's like, Well, I don't like that they put me in a trade, you know, I want out. What would you guys be willing to give up for Brogdon is my first well, thing. And then second thing before I go, because yep. my two-year-old is asking for another popsicle. Yeah. And if I can get her one, you know, it's, she's about to have a meltdown. Um, <laughs> I've been invested in the Knicks for about 25 years now. 
um, and I'm going to get called a homer for this and I don't care. If RJ gets traded, it will be the first time in 25 years that I'm like, I may throw my fandom out the window and I'm dead serious about it. I have no question in my mind that RJ is going to be a great player. And Andrew, I said, I was talking to you on Twitter about this the other day about um, like those players that I compared him to, like as far as like stats wise, that he's mm-hmm. putting up better numbers than almost all of the, com- the people that get thrown out compared to him, you know, Butler or DeRozan or like sometimes Paul Pierce or Chris Middleton. He's, he's doing more than they did at his age or some of them weren't even in the league yet, you know? And it's just, I, if they were I, to do a move like that, it would, it would really put me off, man. It really I, would I, No, I hear you. And I, I don't blame you because uh, they've had two truly exciting, high potential, um, interesting young players that they've drafted um, since I'll say Mark Jackson. Um, you know, I won't go as far back as Ewing because Jackson did win rookie of the year. Um, yeah. And one of them, was a guy that we now know is not what you want um, from, <laughs> from a per, from a personality standpoint, from yeah. an injury standpoint, from a you know from a basically everything standpoint. Why are you um, forgetting about Frank Nilakina, John? I that's my bad. Um, that's my fault. Um, and then the other one is RJ, and RJ clearly bleeds orange and blue. Um, he clearly has the work ethic. He clearly yep. has the confidence to play in this market. He clearly has all of the things that you want off the court, and he has a lot of the things that you want on the court. The only thing that he does not have on the court, and it's a very specific thing, but it matters a lot if you're going to be a wing in the league today, is perimeter shot creation. And it's not even that he doesn't have it. It's just that he hasn't done it a lot. But we have seen, and again, I'll reference the shot in the in the Greece game. I know it was only one shot, but... It happened, and I saw it. Yeah. And it was in a big. It was in a big part of the game. Like, yep. if you give me two of those attempts per game this season, and he hits them at, I don't know, a thirty percent clip, I'm then I'm all the way in. Right now, yep. I'm like I'm like ninety seven percent of the way to where you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not really. I, I can't ever renounce my fandom, but like. I'm, I'm yeah, almost no, there. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as Brogdon, look, I like Brogdon. I think Brogdon's a fine player. Um, the It would have to be a three-team trade because I don't, you know, obviously we don't have, if they're looking to trade Brogdon for Ben Simmons, then obviously they're looking to, to, um, the to win, to win right now. Yeah. So like, what's, like, where's the three-team trade? Where is the win now? Where is the upgrade over Brogdon? that exists on a team that would take whatever it is that we're giving up. So really probably what we're asking about is like, are you trading 19 and 21 or 19 or 21? And let's say the 23 Dallas pick. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think those are the types of packages that you're talking about for Brodden, you know, give or take a Kevin Knox and like, I don't know. I'm giving up two firsts for a guy yeah. that's getting like that's that deep. dude is making what he is supposed to make. He is not yeah. a value contract. He is an appropriately paid player who is like, you know, the 45th best player in the league at a position of need. 
Um, yeah. I, I mean, if they did it, it's, I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know where, the, how that trade works out, but if it was, let's just say for argument's sake, 21 and, and the, and the 23 Dallas pick, like fine. Okay. I mean, fine. That's like, whatever. I'm not, I'm not jumping up and down about it one way or the other, but I, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I appreciate it, guys. I'm the temper right. tantrum starting, so I'm going to come out here. Go, go take care of your business, Michael. I appreciate it, as always. And yep. enjoy the weekend. Thank you, Michael. All right. We did this it. This was good. We did it. Um, we did the damn thing. To, uh, to Michael Aaron's point, just real quick, of like renouncing the Knicks, if they. I just. I'm trying to remember if the Knicks have had a player. Because I, we had this with Porzingis. Like, when they traded him. People were saying like, "Oh, I'm I'm done," and then like it quickly turns you, "Oh, Katie and Kyrie are coming." And even in the mellow trade, I don't think there was anybody that went that was like, "Oh, I'm done because this guy's going." RJ's different. The the attachment. I'm, I'm not trying to sound surprised by you know Knicks fans being in love with with a young player that has potential on their team, but this is this just seems different. I. I I now really hope they keep him just because I don't want to see what the other side of this looks like if they do trade him. Well, I'll say this. If they trade him, um, the the resulting the, – the subsequent moves between the moment that that trade happens and the first game of next season mm-hmm. better have them as one of the – Oh, God. Two to four betting favorites in Vegas for the for the title, and I'm not talking about plus a thousand or plus like eight hundred. I'm talking about like plus three fifty, because you know otherwise, otherwise there's going to be riots. Producer's so. suggestion: if on like I guess it would have to be free agency night. If somehow the Knicks end up with Damon Kawhi, just somehow like pipe dream. <laughs> Okay, somehow. <laughs> Not, I don't know how, just somehow. Can okay. we have Michael Aaron on just to ask him, like, did you renounce your throne? Did you renounce your fandom? Because I just want to see if that happened. Um, I, 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 I'll say it again. I, I wrote it uh, this week. I, I, You know, this is going to sound crazy. I don't want them to do that. I, I really don't. I just, <laughs> I want, I, I really do. I mean, I, it, this is what fandom is about, right? It's about having R.J. Barrett in your life and getting to root for R.J. Barrett for the next dozen years or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see. Um, any last words from you, John? No, everybody have a safe uh, safe Fourth of July weekend. Um, enjoy your hot dogs and hamburgers. And uh, thanks, as always, for, for coming and hanging out. Take care, everybody. This is, a, as you can tell because I've edited it, um, this is a two-parter uh, up on the KFS podcast feed, so enjoy both parts. I guess at this point you listen to both parts because we're at the very end. Uh, thank you for listening to both parts of uh, our Saturday morning uh, green room live stream. Uh, it says the tarp is coming off the field at Yankee Stadium, so I guess I'm going to go watch some baseball, but uh, until next time, thank you for tuning in. We'll do this every Saturday, and as John said, enjoy the holiday weekend. <laughs>